This is Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 606. And the quote of the day is, read, do your research, and always learn. Your mind is the biggest asset you have for your future. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 606, and I got a great conversation today with Vince Wilburn Jr. And before I get into that, you know, I keep thinking one of these days I'll be talking on this episode or on this podcast and saying, isn't it great that we can go out and see live music again? And I think we're close, but we're not quite there yet. And I would... (laughs) I think I feel everyone's pain here where or I think everyone else feels my pain, I should say. I would love to just go to a bar and watch a band play. I would love that. We're getting we're getting so close. But the the silver lining is that I can still make this podcast. I can still have these conversations and share them with you. So I'm very thankful for that and particularly thankful for this conversation, like I said, with Vince Wilburn Jr. He is Miles Davis's nephew and we talk about Growing up as Miles Davis's nephew, sort of the fringe benefits that came along with that, but also how he built his own career, how he went out on his own, did his own thing, didn't try to trade on his on his uncle's name, but he actually ended up producing records for Miles, playing with Miles, all of those things, which is amazing, but did a lot on his own as well, which which I commend because it's easy to go out and just trade on someone else's name who's already sort of, you know, made the path for you. So there is a ton of nuggets in here about learning your craft, about networking, about about learning who played on different instruments and really digging deep into styles and sonic sonic differences and albums and things like that. So tons of nuggets in here. I'm super excited about this conversation. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into it with Vince Wilburn Jr. Vince, what's happening, my man? What's up, Nick? Philly. Philly. So I, w- I want to talk to you. So where are you now? I'm in the Valley of Los Angeles. Oh, so we're on the, we're on the, same, uh, we're on the same coast now. Yes. So I w- I'm always interested to know about g- growing up styles of music that you listen to. And you had... I would say you had a you a very unique childhood being Miles Davis's nephew, but talk to me about what was going on in the home and and what you were listening to and who some of those early influences were for you. Growing up in my home was a was a uh, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, so it was very exciting in the sense that my dad loved classical music and jazz. My mother loved R&B and jazz. And I loved classical R&B and <laughs> jazz. So, you know, um, back in the day, they, they would have, um, 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 they would call them record uh, 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 promotion guys mm-hmm. in each, each part of the, of the state, of the country. And so the Midwest guy, his name was Granville White, right? Mm-hmm. So Mr. We called him Granny, and he worked for then Columbia Records. So Columbia Records 
um, record executive, Granny White, record promotion guy, would bring stacks of records every couple of weeks to my parents or deliver them to my parents' house or send them mm-hmm. or hand deliver them. And so I would take the records. Take Were your down. parents in the music industry? No, my mother was a school teacher and my pops was a, a retired uh, military. So why did they bring why did they bring your parents' records? Every- because Miles was my mother, was was Uncle Miles' sister. Got you. Got you. So so Columbia would, would deliver records. You know, we all love music. You know, my parents right, of love course. music. Yeah. So when the records would come, I would probably I would take them. And I would take them downstairs and and put, you know, whatever whatever I liked on the turntable and and just stay mesmerized to to this particular record. If it had it, you know, it, 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 maybe it would have been at the time, Sly and the Family Stone, James Brown, The Big Payback. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself. Um, uh, Band of Gypsies, Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Immortal Otis Redding. See, that's what I came up with because Uncle Miles would tell Granny, hey, drop these records off for my nephew. You know, send mm-hmm. these records to him, and then it would be it would be something for my parents to dig on, right? Or, or, you know, and for me to dig on. You know, so, so when you said that they were they were promo guys, were these new records that hadn't been released yet, or they exactly. were they were supposed to go to the radio station for the single or whatever yeah, the case? They would be. go to the radio station, and and they were promotional copies. All of them had back in the day they had promotional copies stamped on the on the on the albums, right? Right. You know. And, so you're uh, getting, I mean, so at a young age, you're getting all these records, that, like me- huge records, like like all the Band of Gypsy stuff and Sly and the Family Stone and all that kind of first stuff. First run before before you before, hit the station. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you know what? My uncle would would tell the guys because he knew I wanted to play drums. So mm-hmm. he said, "Send my nephew this. Send my nephew this." And then on top of that, you'd get the catalog of Miles. Right, you know right, right. I mean? So I would, I would be, and I'd have my drum set. You got to picture this. My drum set in the corner, a piano, and a, and a great stereo system, and mm-hmm. a, all the albums a kid could ever want. You know? how, and how old are we talking? Like, how old are you at the time? Six, six or seven. Did you, looking back now, I'm sure that you're like, that was amazing. But at the time, did you realize sort of the gravity of not only the situation, but also, also who your uncle was? No. I, I did, I did, I, you know what, what attracted me? The album cover. Mm. Looking at the album covers, like Bitches Brew or Big Fun, or you know what I mean? Yeah. For for a kid, you like that that you know until Uncle Miles was on the phone, and he told me what to check out when the records came. Mm-hmm. But I w- I was always you know um, what caught my eye was was the the covers, and I yeah. would read read the personnel and who was on what record, and um, and then when when and then when Uncle Miles would tour Chicago. My parents would take me to the concerts, but I didn't want to see the concert from the audience like my parents. I would stay backstage. Mm. So I got kind of like a, a, a different perspective on the right. music from the side of the stage. And I was always fixated on the drummer. That's how I started playing drums. Mm. Whatever, whatever the drummer was doing, I was like, that was, I said, I want to do that. Yeah. That, well, I was going to ask, what was it that made you like, because why not play, you know, why not play the horn? Just drums. And back then, you had a, a, a show would have four or five different groups on one bill, so mm-hmm. you got a chance to look at four or five different drummers. Unless Uncle Miles was on first, then we believe because he was ready to go. You know, right? right. But, but usually he would headline. So, right. You know, 
you know, you, you, you're a kid, right? And you're sitting backstage in your little chair and you're watching four or five of the best drummers in, in, in the world. Yeah. You know, that had to like, have an impact on you. Mm-hmm. Had an impact on me as a kid. What do you think was, what do you think it was about drummers that really, that really resonated with you? It's just, it's just, you know, it's it, it just, that was, that was my curiosity, the drums. You know, I could look at the trumpeter, of course, Uncle Miles, I could look at whoever's playing sax or the keyboard, but it was just the way the drums, his limbs, right. you know, and the way, you know, it just, it just, it was, I was, mesmer, you know, I mesmerized by his, his, um, the different limbs and the way he was playing and the, the confidence, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, he, that was the uh, engine of the band, you know? Right. So how did you learn though? Did you learn through lessons? Did you learn by playing with records? Was it I, went, a I, went to, I went to school. I had a, I had a teacher, but the, 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 the biggest, um, education was learning the records, listening and, and dissecting and then trying to apply it. And, and going to the drum set mm-hmm. and, 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 and trying to play the beats and play, you know, play the licks. And, you know, right. then you could, back then you could, you know, with, with the album, you could stop it. You could start it again. You could slow it down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pr- pretty cool. And kids I would do that all day. I would do that all day. Yeah. Yeah. A ki- a kids don't know the struggle of like taking a record and having to slow it down to try to figure out like what the person's playing around the kit. Now you can just put it on YouTube and slow it down and yeah, watch and, it happen. And kids don't know about the, 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 to have an album back then is, was, it was a, it was a special, it was special. You know, now kids could just click one track off a record and they don't have yeah. to buy the entire record, but to sit down and actually listen to an entire album, you know, front, yeah. you know, you know, both sides, it's amazing. Yeah. You know? And I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and like, talk about the good old days like some old curmudgeon guy but like there was something about going to a store buying a record or even a cd or a tape and getting home and putting it on and listening to it from top to bottom and reading the liner notes and it was like it was an experience it was yeah. a it was an event and now and again i don't want to seem like i'm being curmudgeon but like it seems like music is almost disposable now Man, Tower Records, they had Tower Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And, and I would see Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. I would see so many cats at this tower and, and, and it, close to me in the valley. And, and cats were buying stacks of records. I'd go to New York and go to the Tower Records in the village in New York. Mm-hmm. And things you couldn't find at other Tower, uh, other, uh, t- tower Records or other mu- record stores. Man, in the village, Tower always had it, you know. Yeah. It was huge. It was like four or five levels, yeah. floors. And uh, back when I was coming up in, in Chicago, there was a, it was a record store called Rose Records. Mm. Um, jazz Record Mart, you know. Mm-hmm. Metro Music on the south side of Chicago. You could get all the R&B, uh, uh, the, you know, the latest R&B records. And radio was very prominent back then, you know. Mm-hmm. Black radio. See, another thing I want to I want to stress is there there really there was there was there was black radio, but it wasn't segregated. It was just radio. You know, when I say right. black radio, but you heard you might hear the Beatles on WVON, which was was the African American station at the right. time. You had WXRT in Chicago. You had WLS. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but all these all these stations played a, a everything. When you, you know? say it was black radio, was it because of their the demographics of the radio yes, or yeah, what they played? Yeah, yeah, WVON was wide voice of the Negroes back then. So hmm. that was very prominent on the, you know, in the African American, you know, um, demographics. Right. But then you had um, WGCI, which was owned by by Johnson Publications, which had Ebony and Jet magazine. Mm -hmm. But then you had XRT. Uh, 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 WLS, you know, so you could you could pick whatever you wanted it, you know. You had WBEE with straight jazz, you know, right. So so it was cool back then because growing up, we none of, we never looked at oh this is WV on this is black radio oh this is this this is WXRT this is rock radio the loop you know there was another mm -hmm. station right no we just dug it dug it all you know yeah yeah so. I. I don't know, and I mean, I'll pose this as a question to you. Do you think that do you think that music now is suffering because of the sort of the lack of depth that goes on in terms of listening, learning, writing, all those things? And and maybe let me rephrase that: mainstream music. You know, like before when you were hearing the Beatles on the radio, or you were hearing Sly and the Family Stone on the radio, or Miles exactly. Davis on the radio. I mean, these cats were. It were the real deal. And now I feel like all of the real deal musicians, whatever that means, uh, are now all under the radar and are not getting the proper attention that they deserve. Well, you know, Nick, um, what I try to do, I try to stay open, right? Mm -hmm. And I, and I talked to my cousin Aaron, my son, because he and his daughters, he's got two young daughters, and they might hook me, you know, hit me to some Drake or some Wiz Khalifa or something that I might not necessarily check out, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then Aaron asked me about Phineas Newborn or McCoy Tyner or something, you know what I mean? So it's right. a trade-off. Trade but I think that the older I get, there's a, it's a lost art in radio. There's a lost art in buying a record and dissecting it sitting down we i used to have like listening parties for, with vinyl with yeah. musician with music musicians you know and then if they were coming to town we'd get the front row seats and 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 man we'd know the music because we'd play the records right right it's not it's nothing wrong with kids like one hitting one single off a record if that's what they want to do mm -hmm. but i just think that that kids and if you're in, you're just getting into music business. Study, study the people who played bass before you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. It doesn't matter what what if they were rock and roll basses, if they were jazz bass. Study the bass. You know. Yep. Study, study the bass and the origin of the bass, and and go back to to chess records, and you know, go back to to the the British invasion, and go back to Motown. So you have a, a, a palette, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When I was coming up, I studied all the drummers, the Motown drummers, the rockers. I had a Beatles poster, Ringo, in my, on my wall. Right. Ne next to Tony Williams mm -hmm. and, and Buddy Miles. You know, I, I think the kids should, should just don't, you know, go to YouTube. Some kids, you know, you just click on YouTube and that's it. I think right. the kids should take the time to, to figure out, you know, 
where these people get their, you know, where these artists get, you look at their background and mm -hmm. what they were inspired by and then go and research that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it helps, it helps put the pieces of the puzzle together. There you go. Right. And you start listening to someone then, and then you listen, you know, you listen to someone now and then you listen to a Tony Williams and you say, oh, now I understand at least where he's coming from, like some go. of his perspective. And then if you listen to who Tony Williams was listening to, you get even more perspective. Like Man, you said. Tony, William, Tony Williams had a Beatle poster in, on his wall and he used to ask Uncle Miles, can they do co-headlining with the Beatles? Really? See, people don't know that. You That's know? nuts. Yeah. 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 That's nuts. You know, yeah. So you, you'd be surprised on on who was influenced by what mm -hmm. and 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 how far back the music goes. Yeah. You I know? think and the reason why I I bring this up a lot on the podcast about about new music versus old music or whatever. And the and the only reason that <clears throat> I'm not even upset by it because when I was, you know, when I was 12 and 13 years old and I was listening to hip hop, my parents were like, this is horrible, you know, and like, and now whatever kids are listening to now, all the parents are saying this is horrible. So like, I know that it changes with, with generation to generation, mm -hmm. but I think the thing that, that I'm always concerned about or that I'm worried about is like, you guys are missing so much stuff. There's like, you're missing this whole like experience and you're missing this whole like joy and love of like really digging into this music. And I, I that's why I always bring it up on the podcast. Cause I want to like, I don't, I don't want to like dog people out for, for listening to Drake or something like that. But I'm like, yeah. man, there's, you, there's so much more that you could dig into that would bring you a lot of joy, I think. And I don't want people to miss out on that. Or, or find out what, you know, if you're a Drake fan, find out what Drake was, who Drake was inspired by, right? you know, or, or right. Um, Bruno Mars or, or any of these artists, you know, because mm -hmm. um, it, it's a lineage, you know, Michael yeah. Jackson was, 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 um, you know, he loved, he loved James Brown. Yeah. Prince loved James Brown, mm -hmm. you know? So then I go back to other James Brown, you know, it, it, right. but, but you, you have to be, it's, it's how much you want to investigate the music. You have to be a lover of music and a lover of your instrument to go that, that deep in, into the, uh, you know, to the annals of yeah. <laughs> music. You know, but I, I'm a sponge still. I got mm -hmm. that from Uncle Miles. He, he was checking out everybody. He was right. checking out, he was like Kassav. He, he was asking about Cameo. He was talking about Toto. He played on the Toto record. He played mm -hmm. on, Cam you know, back in the 80s, you know, um, these were big groups, of course. You know? Yeah. And he used to have the sound down on MTV. I lived with him in Malibu with Aaron, my cousin. And if it's something that he would dig, he would turn it up, you know. Right. And then he would call the record label and have the label deliver, you know, send the records <laughs> over. And we, we, I don't know if you know about, remember a group called Broken, uh, uh, Mr. Mister. They had a track no. called Broken Wings. This is in the 80s, see. And we recorded uh, Broken Wings. It was a Mr. Mister track. Mm -hmm. We recorded Human Nature. Was, of course, it was on Michael Jackson's record. And so that's how his mind worked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he, mm -hmm. and he was into Go-Go, you know, right. DC, Chuck Brown. So uh, that, I think I got a little bit of that from him, too. A lot of that from him. Sure. You know, I, I, I have to imagine that, that that's how you become great, as you understand at least. Like, I would, I would imagine that most outsiders think that, like, Miles Davis was super myopic with everything that he listened to and he was just a jazz snob and that's all he wanted to listen to. No. But like, 
you don't play like that without having knowledge of other styles of music and 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 knowing what's going on out in the world. And you know, you know like, he would never listen to the old things he recorded. He never, we didn't have it in the house, which no. was really, which was amazing. Yeah, you know, he probably had it in his head, right? But he 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 was moving so fast and so quickly that you know one 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 writer asked. He didn't said he didn't understand Uncle Miles' uh, electric period, and it was a particular song, uh, record. And he said, "I can't repeat what he really said." But he said, "You can repeat it if you want." <laughs> you know, he said, "Well, Miles, I don't understand what you're doing under this certain record. I can't remember what bitches brew or something." And he said, "What the fuck you think I'm supposed to wait for you <laughs> to, 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 to to catch up?" You know, but 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 he's a double Gemini, and being around this man, as I, I was, you know, blessed to be around. He was the first one to wake up in the morning and the last one to go to sleep at night. I've repeated that in, in, in different interviews. And he used to change clothes five and six times a day, you know, just to, that's how his mind worked, you know, and paint and create music. And, right. you know, right. and he was the hell of a chef, cook anything. Really? He, he, would, he would create and cook. Oh, man, he had a, a little black phone book with all these recipes, which Aaron and I are still trying to find this book, you know, hmm. and this art. And so, so, if you if you're around somebody who always look forward, but if you wanted to research the, the, the you know past music, you could, you know, because right. the the records weren't in the house. But of course, we could pull them up or go out and buy them and mm -hmm. hide, hide them from them, you know. Right, but right. <laughs> but I, I'm the kind of guy I always like to 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 to, to research and and check out the origins of music. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So kids, kids should do that. Yeah. It's a, it might sound like a stupid question, but what's your advice for people who want to start digging in, you know, going down in, into those rabbit holes? Like, how do they start that process? Do you think that they just, you know, read and, and do the research online or, or what's your take on that? Well, you know, you know like I said, if, if, you're, uh, uh, if you like the chili peppers, right, and you, and you, you listen, to, you, you pull up Flea's interviews and then see what, what he'd like. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're if you're a Foo Fighters fan, and Dave Grohl mentions certain you know certain artists that he does, then mm -hmm. you pull, then you go research that. You know, right? You know what I mean? It, it's it's out here for 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 kids to to grasp. They just have to want to do it. They want to take. They, they, it can't be just instant gratification. They have right. to want to study, study the history of of this music. Mm -hmm. You know, study the, if it's the British invasion, if it's Motown. If it's classical, study it. If yeah. chess records, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's yep. it, all you have to do is is want to want to you know be in the moment to 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 research it. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm still like you know if something that comes on, you know what I do? Nick? I go to I go to my computer and Google it and see if I can buy it. Who was on the record? Still, yeah, yeah, and order, you know, yeah, yeah, because I gotta have it. If I hear one track, I buy the entire record. I just don't get. Just the one record, because I want to hear the how the record, you know, how the entire uh, record came, you know, was 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 formed and yeah, came about. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I heard, yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, I heard this song on television, and it was a it was a song by uh, Portugal the Man, and I found the song, and it like I was like, man, this is dope. What is this? And got it, downloaded, downloaded the record, then had yeah. the drummer on the podcast, and, and like there you go, like this whole there, thing, and there you it's go. like. Just from hearing this one song on the radio, 
that or on on TV, then I was like, man, I want to know who this I've is. Done, I've done that too. I've I've watched a movie or something on Netflix, and I'm like, oh, you know, you got these these apps that you can hold your phone up to. But yep. I like to research, man. I'm like to you know like credits. I wait. I'll wait for the movie for the credits to roll to see who was the composer. Yeah, where's the? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and then I would musicians that play with Miles or musicians that I respect and love. I I if they were comfortable, I like to talk about, you know, like what it was like to when you were coming up or Chick Corea, we just lost. He just passed mm. away. And I, I, I had lunch with him one day and I was asking, what was it like your first night with Miles? And that kind mm -hmm. of, you know? Yeah. Because it, it was interesting because he said that they went, the first night was in Baltimore mm -hmm. and, and there was a song called uh, Agitation. Ba, 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 da, da. And it was, and Tony Williams was in the band because Tony recommended a, a chick, and he's and and chick said it was great next, you know, it was speed <laughs> like killing, and Tony was way up here, right? And and chick didn't know, you know, he was feeling everything out. So in between sets, he was at the bar, and he said that Uncle Miles walked up to him and looked at him and said, "Nice touch," and walked away. That's the only thing he said to him, huh. you know. But right. he felt like, oh wow, you know, chick said I've arrived. Right, right. You know, so so the stories like that, you know. Mm -hmm. And I played with Miles, and Uncle Miles is gone. He's been gone thirty years in September. But I, I used to, I, I would love to hear these stories still. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What so, are some of the things that that you learned from him? Maybe good and bad, like some things that you know, just just. Um, be serious about the music, man. Don't don't uh, uh, don't cheat the music. Right. You know, practice. Uh, be true to your instrument. You know what I mean. And mm -hmm. and 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 just take this music seriously, because yeah. he did. You know, mm -hmm. he you 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 know he had everything he wanted material. You know, materialistically. You know, like Ferraris and house right. in Malibu, house in New York. You know, but that's what that that wasn't. That's not what drove him. Right. You know what I mean? It was yep. the passion of music. And I, I witnessed that firsthand. I was like, damn. You know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he'd to be the, doing this if he was broke, wouldn't matter. Man, to the day he left it, you know, I mean the music the money's good now. You know, he wanted to, you know, he right. was compensated, but I can't answer if he would do it if he was broke, but I'm just saying he he always wanted like, you know, he always wanted to push the music to reach a wider audience. That's why after, you know, he, 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 he made the leap from acoustic to electric, you know, to, to bigger audiences because he wanted that, that platform, that stage. Right. And I think, I, th I think I'm assuming that's one of the, the reasons that he was driven to, you know, to do that, mm -hmm. you know, instead of playing Stella by Starlight for the rest of his career, which right. is not bad, you know, right. 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 But, uh, I remember we played, um, I was playing drums with him. We did an a amnesty concert, Giant Stadium. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And Santana and uh, sat in with us. Somebody else sat in. But I remember Santana, Carlos Santana sitting in with us and just a sea of people. And I'm not a rock drummer, so I'm right. not used to that, you know. Mm -hmm. But we played some great festivals with, with thousands of people. Mm -hmm. who, and, you know, never like Giant Stadium. It's like I'll never forget it. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was like, what year was that? 1986, I think. So, I mean, it was, 
so it was probably it was more electric, right? It was all electric. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All that. Miles hadn't played ac- acoustic music and you know, I think he stopped around sixty three. Right. Yeah. I'm saying you guys were probably like the playing probably felt like it was you guys were a rock band. You know. Oh no, people were digging it. Yeah, that's what it's amazing. People were digging it. So, so it's like that's why he was on the bill. Like, you know what I mean? No, people were like into it. You could see the heads bobbing and rocking, and you know, that's nuts. Yeah. If you look at those Woodstock concerts, they were digging miles back then. Yeah. 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 What's not to dig? Yeah. Analog sound for a digital world is finally here. Sonar has transformed the original sonar sound look and feel of the 50s, 60s, and 70s drums into a contemporary concept called the Sonar Vintage Series. Complete with an updated teardrop lug design, round bearing edges for warm, deep, low-end tone, a reissue of the classic iron-shaped bass drum bracket, and exciting finishes, the Sonar Vintage Series is the obvious choice for anyone who has one eye on the past and one eye on the future. For more information, visit sonar.com. So I want to talk to you about, about making, maybe not even the transition, but how you got into producing. So at, like through your, through your drumming career, were you in situations where you felt like, man, I could be, I could be producing this better than this person was doing it or what led you to to go into that production role just hearing the way you wanted the music to sound and from being around uncle miles you know um i watched him mm-hmm. you know directions of music on all his records directions of music by miles davis so just being a sponge and watch how he conducted the the, the record record dates it's uh something I, I I watched, you know, observed and mm-hmm. and so I just kind of fell into it, you know. Right. So he would he would let me co-produce or, or associate produce and and then I, I you know if you if you're a student of music, you, you gotta be able to pick up fast. So you, hopefully you you can hear sounds and you could you could know how to construct a uh, a project. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's just it's like a director, you know what I mean? Right. It's just like just bringing the best out of out, out of the whoever you're producing. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so from from being around Uncle Miles, that's how I, you know, that's that I took a crash course in that. And um, as I as I navigated my way through my career, it was it was you know, it's like okay, talking to other producers, meeting other producers, listening to records again. Mm-hmm. Yeah the production of records you know right finding out who the hot producers were and then and then checking out the discography you know mm-hmm. got to do your homework man yeah uh, one thing not, that not I, you not you nick but people have to do their homework i need to do my homework too no, I no, to, we are i, I to, do too but i didn't mean it directly directly <laughs> no no, no, no i get it yeah. yeah no i hear what you're saying yeah. and the one thing i hear from you over and over again is like study the music see what other people have done there's all like it's so cheesy but it reminds me of of a will smith uh speech that he made where he was like if you're trying to do something there's a book about it or someone out there has already done the thing that you're trying to do 
Right. So you can, you can learn from other people. You don't have to like reinvent the wheel. If you want to learn no. how to be a producer, listen to all the records that everyone else has produced. That's Read right. some books about it. You know, like it's, it's easy, you know, right. But study right. it, study it. You know, everybody can't be a producer. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to, it, 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 you have to, you know, you, and then you have some kids that luck up and get number one hit. You right. Know? Right. But it, I think it, it takes time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had limited, I, mean, I produced all of my records, but never really produced someone else's records. But mm-hmm. like, even then, one of the biggest things that I felt was important was sort of the managing of expectations, managing of egos, and making sure that, you know, you're not, because it's like, you got to deal with everyone's emotions and people get attached to certain riffs or certain lines or certain sounds or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. how did you, how did you deal with that? Because it's almost like it's, it's leadership too it's not just yeah, music yeah but you know when you when you call somebody to do you know like on a on a on a track you don't really have to say shit you know what i mean <laughs> that's true really man i call i call it a list i've been around a listing a listing uh a lister musicians like since as far as i can remember right. so i i would call i would i would have like dates here in my home in my studio i'd call ray parker freddie mm-hmm. washington Wawa right. Watson, uh, uh, Russ Ferranti from the Yellow Jacks. I mean, mm-hmm. Cassie would do just one take, two takes, and it was like butter. It was like, what did I have to do? I'm just sitting there f- freaking out while they're recording. <laughs> you know, this guitar right. guitar player, I don't know if you're familiar with Wawa Watson and his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would give me like 15 or 20 passes of the same song. Like, okay, stop, punch, try this. Here's something else for you. Cl- click, stop. Ray Parker the same way. You know, Ray Parker was like one of the number one session guitarists and he was a teenager. He played, he, he played with Marvin Gaye, he played with, with everybody, you know, and then he went on songwriting and producing and Ghostbusters and the rest of his history. But, right, right. you know, when you, when you call certain guys for what you're trying to, you know, you know what you hear in your head, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Daryl Jones, you know, he gives you different variations of things that okay here's three or four different bass tracks right and i'm like (gasps) you know i did a i did a session my record with it's called a miles electric band we had bernard wright bernard wright was playing so much keyboard so much stuff not stuff but so much music on his overdubs i was screaming in the studio in the control (laughs) room and he he was right there you know he was going direct to the board right right so people like bernard wright ron carter Everything mm-hmm. he played, you know, Vernon right. Reed was on the session. Everything he played, John Schofield, everything he played, Pedrito Martinez, percussion. I mean, it's like, and then I mean, all White. of those guys are just yeah. like monsters. And then know. I'm co-producing with Lenny White with the biggest ears and not literally the biggest right. ears. But, <laughs> you know, it's like in his string of hits, his string of records. You yeah, know, it's like you know, Ron Carter giving me variations of here's one track. Okay, let's do another one. And part of it's like, what are you going to tell Ron Carter? Well, that too. I was staring at him just to have, blessed to have him in the studio. <laughs> right. And then for him to, you know, I see you on the next, call me on the next record date. Yeah. We got a project coming out with Q-Tip. What are you going to tell mm-hmm. Q-Tip? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are you going to tell Q-Tip? Man? Yeah. Tribe Called Quest? And what do you do? Like, you, it's like offered some sonic choices and. I don't uh, say, I just say, hey, Tip is killing. Right. You know, he'll say, hey, man, what do you think? And I, I'm like, you know, it's Q-Tip. It's like, it's Ron Carter. It's John right. Schofield. It's Vernon Reed from Living Color. What do you tell Vernon Reed? 
Right. You know, I'm just happy those cats are on the date. Wallace yeah. Roney, all those guys, man. Mm -hmm. You know, so so when you're producing, you call your A-listers. That's why Quincy did that for a long time. Quincy Jones was calling, yeah, all the top cats, yeah, yeah. session cats, and yeah, he had that stable you know, of uh of guys. Man, He's like, here's yeah. my guy. I got my guys. I got yeah, yeah. You know, I got um uh, Jr. I got you know Dugu. Right. I got all right, it's like, right. And Dugu, yeah, man. You know, yeah. you know, Mike. They say Michael used to hum out the rhythms. Yeah, you know, which is, you know, and they picked up on it and, and gave him what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. One, I forget what track it was um, that they were like, it's not drums. It's actually Michael beatboxing. The, like that. The well, you know, in, in Dougal, it would sh tell me things, you know, about, about those records, you know, mm -hmm. and Michael, I think Michael's a genius. Yeah. yeah. Quincy. Yeah. Quincy I, too, I, though. I mean, especially oh, with, uh, with yeah. Thriller, where he was saying that. He was like, I want every every song to be like a Polaroid, and it, Nick, it should be able about, to stand on its own. What about We Are the World with all yeah. those stars? That alone, check your egos at the door. Remember, you yeah. made that statement. Yep. You know, and look at Quincy's catalog. <laughs> <I know>. Right. <laughs> you know, it's insane. Not only what he's done in music, but all of the TV and film and production and all. I mean, he's the, the dude has done everything. That's right. And if if you're you if you have uh, uh, if you're blessed enough to get to the musicians, ask them what you want to know. If you if you can meet Dave Grohl, mm -hmm. you know, sit down. He's a gracious, cool, chill cat. Right. You know, if you can get to Sting, mm -hmm. if you can get to these guys that that I've I've been afforded to. I don't know Dave. I've met Sting. I don't know them like you know. But if you, all you have to do if you can get to them or write a letter or email or something. Right. Or, or just research on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, who did Dave Grohl like? Right. You know, or, or you know, why did Dave Grohl, why did they switch to the, 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 the style of this record as opposed to the last record? Right. You know, you know, and I don't, I don't discriminate, man. I love all musicians. So I'm always like a student. Yeah, like I'm Robert Trujillo, way. Robert Trujillo is a good friend from Metallica. Mm -hmm. you know? And Lars, man, with all those records, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta wanna, you gotta have the passion for music and the passion for your instrument to to do what we do. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. if you think you're just gonna be a one hit wonder, you will be a one hit wonder. That's it. You'll be, you know, you'll be gone. Right. Yeah. You're hitting the door and wondering what happened to your career. That's quickly. Th that's quickly. the that's the quickly. one hit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quickly. It's in. I mean, it's so interesting. Like I just had uh, a drummer, Joe Russo, on from last week, and and he was in further with the guys from the Grateful Dead and everything. And and he was in a couple of jam bands and now he has a Joe Russo's Almost Dead, which they play Grateful Dead music and all this stuff. And you would think like, oh, this guy grew up on a diet of like jam band and Grateful Dead and all that stuff. He was like, no, man, I, I grew up on on Motley Crue and like 80s hair metal, like all that stuff or, you know, hair bands and everything and never even thought about playing this kind of music, but got into it later in life in Colorado. And, all. and then you start to learn all the stuff and you're like, man. Like there's and just I like can dig it. I can dig I it. I love it. I love yeah. Frankie Vinali was a friend of mine. Yeah. Quiet Riot. Yeah. Uh 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 Steve Smith when he was with Journey mm -hmm. back in the day. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I used to pick uh uh John Bonham's son Jason, the drummer. Mm -hmm. He's a great drummer. Uh, oh, he's killer, killer, yeah. killer. Zach Starkey. Mm -hmm. You know, with the yep. who? It was Ringo's son. Ringo's son, yeah. You know, I met him on the elevator once in, in, in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He was chill. Uh, Everybody's chill. Because a lot of people want to say, well, what was it like playing with Miles? So we'll uh -huh. have like, you know what I mean? Or 
man, you're Miles' nephews. And, and people don't know, you know, you, you put these musicians on a pedestal, as they should be, because they work hard. Right. But just have a conversation. Just approach them. Say, you know, nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. You've inspired me. Do you have a minute to talk or can I, you know, correspond with you via letter, email? Right, right. Yeah. And I'm, you've, you've, uh, you've rubbed elbows with a lot more A-list players than I have. On this podcast, it's all drummers and all A-list drummers. But what I found through the podcast, I'm, I'm wondering if you found the same, that like most of the people who we look up to and idolize and are amazing musicians are actually really nice and down to earth. Yes. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a Nam. you know, I, I mm. met, I used, to, I used to broadcast from Nam. My, my show was called Evolution of the Groove. Mm. And I had Clyde and Jabbo mm -hmm. from James Brown, you know, the original. Yeah. Yeah. The, the most sample, yeah. most sample drummers in the history of music. Yeah. Then I met Zigaboo. I've met Zigaboo, you know, from the meters. Yeah. yeah. The original me. So it's like, you know, everybody's not afforded to, to be at Nam. Which is for for people who don't know, it's 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 like a, a hang. You mm -hmm. know, it used to happen every January due to the pandemic. It was canceled this year. But it's like, you know, you could reach out to any musician. I feel that encourage, it, it continues to inspire and encourage you, and just it's a reach out. Yeah, you know, it's yep. a reach out, and you got like we said, you got to do the homework. You know. Mm -hmm. You got to do the research. You got to figure out what inspired the, the the drummers and the musicians that you listen to. Yep. I I've talked to Dave Weckl. I've talked to, to Buddy Williams. I've talked to anybody you ever want to think about. Lenny, Jack, you know, mm -hmm. Jimmy, Jimmy Cobb, God rest his soul. You know, it's like, I used to ask Tony Williams, what did he think about before he played? You know, like that. You know? <laughs> what did he say? That, well, one time I asked him, he said I was thinking about macaroni and cheese and fried chicken. <laughs> but he was just messing with me, you know. Right, right. But t Tony Williams told, told Wallace Roney he knew I was going to be a drummer by the way I used to stare at him. Really? Backstage. Yeah. Hmm. You know, you know, because Tony, he just, he had a TV and drums in his right. room. Yeah. Every day, he'd come home, do his homework, drums. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. and you can hear that passion. In his plane. Yeah. It was like yeah. a freight train. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for you, when you were building your career, being that you're Miles Davis's nephew, were you, were you hesitant to use his name to, to sort of trade on his name to try to get gigs? Never did. No? No. No. A lot of cats to this day were like, man, you didn't tell me you were Miles' nephew. Never did it through high school. Never did it through grammar school. I mean, if people found out, and they asked me, I said, yeah, but no, right. no never, never that. Never, because right. I wanted to get called on my, you know, on just my playing. You know? And I always yeah. played with musicians older than me. Mm -hmm. you know, my dad used to drive me to the gig, wait for me to break my drums down, drive me, you know, bring me home. Right. right. But, but I wanted that. I, I didn't want to, to ride on, on Uncle Miles, uh, you know, on me being Miles' nephew. Sure. In Chicago, sure. that's cool. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't hire you anyway if you couldn't play. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't give a jack who you, who you related to, you know? Right. You know? Yeah. It's not Hollywood where they'll just put you in a movie nah, or somewhere. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I had a tenor player tell me, man, I don't give a shit who your uncle is. You know? <laughs> nice. And I won't name his name, but, you know. That's good, hey. though. Yeah, hell yeah. That's good, yeah. though. Kept me fun. honest. 
Yeah, I grew up by my family owns a restaurant and uh, I grew up. So like working for, you know, working for my dad, Mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, that's great, man. You work for your dad. I'm like, what? I'm like, I get treated worse than every than anyone in this whole restaurant. Back back when you in Philly. Yeah. 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 I'm like, there's I get there's no nepotism here. I'm like, I you guys all get treated well. I don't because I'm his son. It's not Pat's. uh, No, it's not Pat's cheesesteaks. I wish it was Pat's. What's the best cheesesteak in Philly? Pat's. Okay. Well, I don't, I mean, I mean, between Pat's and Gino's, it's Pat's, but okay. D'Alessandro's is really good. Uh, Jim's on South Street is really okay. good. What, what, was the, what was the boxing gym? The Blue Horizon? What was the name of that place? I don't know. Uh, I used to go to, to the sports store on Chestnut. I'd buy my sporting goods. It was a great big sporting goods place in Philly. And there was know. a boxing ring and uh, not a boxing, a boxing uh, auditorium in, in Philly. I used to go to that. Oh, um, not the Blue Horizon. It was called, I know what you're talking about too. Yeah, yeah, big famous too. Yeah, why can't I? I know what you're talking about. We'd too. have to Google it. Yeah, power, uh, the power of the internet, right? <laughs> so, talk to me about some projects that you have going on now. What I know that you're you're a busy man. Uh, yeah, it's um, the the Miles Electric Band that I talked about. We we recorded it. Now we're mixing it, mm-hmm. and we're mixing it. Um. We're mixing it via the internet, which is which is we haven't really finished yet. But how's but, that uh, work? Well, it's a, the app is supposed to be real time, but what we're doing is is I, I I'm old school, so I let I let uh, the engineer who thank God recorded the music mm-hmm. mix, and he's mixed with millions of records. So I trust his ears. And and mm-hmm. Lenny's Lenny, they're back east. We recorded at a place called. Um, uh, Mozart studio in New Jersey. Okay. And so um, Rich Keller and Lenny, Lenny White are, you know, I trust them and then they just send me what they send me. Right. And I'm cool with it. You know? Yeah. That's another yeah. thing you get, you got to get it, get you a great engineer that you work with, mm-hmm. that you can trust. And if you're going to co-produce something, somebody you work with, somebody you admire and respect and love. And, right. You know? Right. I think that I always think the hard part is, you don't know what you don't know. So how do you know if you got yourself a great engineer or how do you know Should if you, you got yourself? You research him too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You research him too because, because um, like if I'm doing hip hop, I'm not going to do the hip, make the hip hop calls because I'm not a hip hop artist. Right. I'm, I'm going to go to Q-Tip or, or, or somebody who has uh, relationships with hip hop art, Easy Mo B, who mm-hmm. did um, uh, Flavor in Your Ear with Craig Mack and did yep. Biggie, you know, because yep. it it'd be a better call coming from Big from 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 Easy Mo B or Q Tip or Nas, who I've worked with, than mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? That's that street cred, right? Yeah, that makes so, sense. I mean, like, who do you who do you recommend? We'll just get that person and call today, right? You right. Know? I think that's the mark of a good leader or a good producer too, to understand who does the job well, like, and how to one of, it reminds me of like the, the whole Dale Carnegie thing where, or Andrew Carnegie, when they were like, you don't know anything about making steel and, and all this stuff. And he was like, why would I fill my brain with all that? I just know how to hire all the right people who know how to do. I hire the experts in their field to do that thing. If you want an NBA championship team, you're going to get the best players. If you're if you're general manager or owner, you're going to go out and get the best. Right. You know, unless you're trying to build, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. But yep. no, I, if I'm doing a date, 
you know, I, I got to have the heavy hitters yeah. and build and build them around the project, build them around me or tracks that I've done, you know, right. or, or if I hear another drummer, I've called other drummers for dates. Yeah. You know, Lenny, mm -hmm. I've called Lenny, I've called uh, uh, Raymond Calhoun used to be in the Gap Band because mm -hmm. that's what I heard in my ear. You know what I mean? Right. Shit, if you if you can't play the Gap Band shit, then get the guy who played the Gap Band. Who wrote what if you can't? But what if you what if you can't get access to those guys? I'm yeah, a huge Gap I, Band fan, by the way. I think that but, they're I think Gap Band is pretty <laughs> underrated. But I, man, I thank God I can I've had access to anything in my head, any drummer, any musician. Right. You know. You know. But what do you do if what what do you what do you recommend to someone who can or you know they're looking for they want top list you know a list guitar players or bass players or whoever to play on the record if you have the budget you you it can happen right and if you can't get them call me because right. i got a rolodex this 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 vast <laughs> there you, go. you know and i'm not saying that to be you know like an ego thing but you know another thing you'd be surprised with cat a cat that will play on something if you just call them yeah and I you say have that all the know, time man i'm like yeah. they're working musicians like if yeah. you got if you have money you can pay them to play on your record or to play a gig with you or whatever. Yeah, don't yeah. insult the yard. Don't insult the musician. Just call them. Yeah. You know, just call them. You know, Freddie Washington, Patrice, mm -hmm. Russian. I've I've had you know, but but they respect you, and then you and you bring it up front. Well, what's your fee? You right. know, don't think that you're going to get them for nothing. Mm -hmm. And then you work the money thing out. You send the tracks and boom. Yeah. I mean, when I, I remember, and I've talked about this on the podcast that like when, when I, after I cut my record, I wanted to do gigs with it and I wanted particular people to play on it. So I like the first couple of shows, I was like losing money on the gigs, but I wanted a list. <laughs> I wanted a list players to be, to be playing. Hey, so I was like, I, I hear you. I, you know? I know exactly what you're saying. Cause I lost a lot of money with my production company, but I had fun making the music. Yeah. And I can still go back and listen to the music now. And if anybody wants it, it's, 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 it's in the, you know, I have it. And yeah, it's yeah. great, great performances with great musicians. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. I had about six or seven acts. I couldn't get one uh, a deal for any artist. But if anybody ever calls me, here. You got you know, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got yeah. it. The, you know, you, you might get on a compilation. You might get on a movie soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Here. You know, yeah, and some of those, man, you get the right commercial, the right soundtrack. That's that's game changing money. Of course, you recoup. Yeah, you know, yeah. you recoup. Yeah, you know? but uh, to me, nothing's out of reach if you if you if you just reach. You know, if you put your mind to it, you study what we do, and 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 you're respectful, and and you, and you respect the music, and you respect your craft and your instrument. Mm -hmm. Sky's a limit. Yeah. Trying to just navigate through and be, you know, going for the Rolex and going for the money and the champ popping champagne and that's not my thing. Right. If that's your thing, that's cool. I don't right. care about the jewelry and the cars. Well, I do care about cars. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a car guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was but like, let's know. not get too crazy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you know, but but you know, it's all in 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 what your heart in in, in your heart and what you want to do in, in, in with your career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. So you got where's me the best damn gym now? What's that? You got me looking, trying to research this gym in, in, in Philly. Uh, <laughs> so where's the, where's the best place where people can follow along with what you got going on or, or contact you if they need you or. 
It was the Blue Horizon. Was it Blue Horizon? Yeah, Blue Horizon was on 1314 Broad Street. It was Blue Horizon. Man, yeah. I when you I was like, no, I don't think that's it. Yeah. Feel it. Um, so what, what was your question? I'm sorry. What's the best place for people to follow along with what you got going on or or you know, interact yeah. with you or contact you or I have uh, uh, a website, my band, mileselectricband.com. I'm on Instagram at Nef of Miles. So it's N-E-F-O-F-M-I-L-E-S. I'm on Facebook at Vince Wilburn Jr. Twitter is N-E-F-O-F-M-I-L-E-S, Nef of Miles, because my Uncle Miles called me Nef, but I, you know, Nef. And then I have the greatest publicist in the world, Gabby. But you got to have the passion, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and thank God that I found two ladies who have the passion. You know, but that's all it is, Nick. You know, passion. Yep. You know, passion. You know, you know. Yeah. You can't teach our, that either. No, no, it's not. A, me being Miles' nephew is, is is a blessing. But me wanting to be the best musician I can be is something else. Yeah. And not resting on his laurels. It's gift. It's a gift, and and I and I'm blessed to have it. But yeah. I, I want to make my own mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. Man, Uncle Miles, so, no one can play the drums for you. Nobody can do the, you know, the things. He can give you the tools. Right. Right. We, I'm sorry. It's so interesting, man. I just started. Uh, I'm, so I'm an Eagles fan. So I was reading Tom Brady's book last night, which like hurts my soul a little mm -hmm. bit because I'm like predisposed to, to hate Tom Brady. Sure. But you talk about passion and heart. This dude got sure. drafted. Uh, the in the sixth didn't didn't you know didn't start until the end of his of his high school career went to college was the was the fourth quarterback on the squad didn't end up starting until his senior year got drafted in the 6th round 199th overall had he in the book he reads all of the negative scouting reports about how he doesn't have a body for football doesn't have speed doesn't have accuracy doesn't have arm strength doesn't have this like they're basically like this dude can take up space on your roster and if you need someone to throw for three downs in a game maybe this is your guy and he worked his way up to look you know, at him now. Arguably, I, I mean, I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Did you see his regimen? Like he sleeps with the, the temperature at certain yeah. degrees, and he drinks certain water, and he he yeah. has that certain food. And I mean, you know, he just didn't wake up one day and have what eight super seven Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls. Yeah, you know what I mean. He did yeah. his Michael Jordan, same thing. I grew Michael up in the Jordan, Michael Jordan way. era, same yeah. way. Me too. He got cut. He same guy. He got cut from. He got cut from his high school team too. Yeah. And competitive too. Yeah. And I talked to guys who was, you know, on the golf course and he'd yeah. compete with you. Mm -hmm. So you got to have that drive, you know? Yeah. Yep. Not, not when I say you, the listeners have to have that drive. You right. have to want to do it. You have to do the homework. You have to study. You have to study your instrument. You got to, you know, if you want to have longevity. Yeah. I've talked to Qu Quincy, you know, I've been afforded time to talk to him about what it was like. Mm -hmm. You know, so and everybody doesn't is not, you know, related to somebody like like I am. But if you want to know, you can if if anybody wants to know anything, research, 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 study yeah. the history of any music that you're trying to, to pursue, any career you're trying to pursue, any styles of music, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, the fact that I mean, you did the you did it on your own. 
But even even that, some people might be like, oh, well, he's he's Miles' nephew, whatever. But for every one of you, there's 10,000 musicians out there who had no connections, didn't know anyone, didn't have a famous uncle, didn't grow up in any sort of music, and they made it too. But I was listening. Yeah, I agree. I was listening to records long before Uncle Miles asked us to, to play on Man With The Horn. Right. You know, I had a band. Marco used to call my house and have my mother put the phone down. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and then he would critique us. We rehearsed five days a week. If right. our, our grades were And then one day he just said, do you guys want to make a record? Now, I never said, Uncle Miles, can we make a record? Right. He said it. He right. heard something in, in, in some young musicians from Chicago to fly to New York to make a record. Yeah, I never awesome. once asked him, can I play drums with you? Can I do this? Can I? No. Right. You know? So if, right. you, if, you, if, you, if you study and you play and you practice, then somebody will hear something in you or you will hear something in yourself to elevate your, your, your career. Yep. You know, I agree, man. But I was There's playing with division. people all around Chicago way before I played with my uncle. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Got to go out and got to go out and do it on your own, man. That's right. That's right. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, Vince, I appreciate uh, one taking the time to chat. I, I, I really do. The stories, the wisdom, the insights, uh, I think, are are pieces of gold that that we got here. And uh, also, Gabby, thank you for for lining this whole thing up and keep doing what you're doing. And hopefully, you know, everyone can get back out there on the road soon and be actually playing in front of people. But in the meantime, man, stay well, stay safe. And and again, thank you for, for your time. Thanks for having me, Nick. There you have it. Vince Welburn Jr. You can get the show notes by going to drummersresource.com forward slash session 606 also if you enjoy this podcast i guess you do because you're listening to it share it with some people it's not just for drummers i know it's called drummers resource but i get a lot of people who email me and tell me hey i listen to it and i'm a guitar player or i'm a piano player i think it's i think there's a lot of value in there for other musicians so if you know of some other musicians who you think would get value from it share it share it on social media email it whatever you want to do if you do share some things on social media, be sure to tag me. I love seeing that stuff. I can repost it, all of that. It's just at Drummer's Resource on Instagram and obviously on the Facebook page. It's just facebook.com forward slash Drummer's Resource. Other than that, that's all I got. So until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas, video editing by Tomas Shannon, and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.